thought we were gonna have like a like a soothing rainy background to the podcast. It's white noise. I've asked Alexa to play rainy noises. She does actually. You can ask her. I can imagine. You can ask her like, yeah. Fuck me. Who is messaging you? Just someone. It doesn't matter. Because we're recording. We've no time for this. We are recording. I'll just check because I don't want... I've seen, I, I, I don't feel so bad now about not having recorded that episode because I'm listening to a couple of podcasts where at the beginning the hosts... One of the hosts asks the other, are you sure we're recording? Are you sure? <laughs> are we positive? We are positive. No, you're positive. I'm not positive. Never again. <laughs> it's funny, the weird things that happen to recorded episodes. Suddenly they get stolen. <laughs> or lost. <laughs> or just never, we're never recorded. I think, like, the worst one was not getting recorded, because, like, we just spoke for an hour and a half for... And it was good. And it was really good. It was good. It was really good. I mean, the nanny episode, that was still good, but it was... Anyway... So, welcome to Mexican. Hello. Because we're Mexican. And we just can't. We can't. Have you been? I've been good. I've been actually really good. Well, yeah, good. <laughs> like, I had, I, had, I had like a... A forlorn silence. Like, well... Well... You know... Well, I, I've been... I watched the new Dark Crystal series. Oh, right. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I, I saw the movie. I love the movie. I love the production design of the series. Like, they have the, the puppets and like... The whole thing is really well made. Uh, there's just this, you know, like some plot things where I'm just like, what are you doing? Why? What? Don't. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Plot of the movie, pretty fucking stupid. Well, it's your, it's your, it's your usual fantasy thing. No, you see, because at the same time, like at around that time, Never Ending Story came out and it's not a stupid plot it's actually quite existential then again written by a German you know leave it to the Germans to just bring existentialism to a children's book like what if the world we live in just doesn't exist and Michael Ander did not like the movie adaptation he did not no he didn't well the book is way better but still like the movie adaptation I mean the Jim Henson Dark Crystal movie like I find it to be I found it to be enjoyable. I yes. had like a bootleg BHS. <sighs> yes, it's okay. It's fine. They're Muppets. They don't have rights. Do they? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I think all Muppets should have rights. So you know, like like Sophia the Robot. Like Sophia the Robot, maybe they have more rights than other people in other places. And that's depressing. And this is, this is us bringing you depression. Martin is currently... Drinking some sort of bourbon lemonade. Yeah, Jack Daniels Tennessee honey with uh, lemonade. Oh, it's Tennessee honey. It, that's what it says here. It's, it's Tennessee honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> Perfect, and it says perfectly mixed with lemonade. Perfectly, perfectly mixed. Yes. Mixed to perfection. I actually, uh, I watched this YouTube channel, which I'm sure I've mentioned before, called Bon Appetit, and there's like this one video where you just see one of the chefs walking through the test kitchen and she's like, what's our highest proof alcohol? And she just leaves the frame and that's the last you see of her for the whole video. And I'm like, that's a mood. Like, what's that's our good. highest that proof? A, that is a mood. So how have you been? I'm, I've been good. I've been good. We're enjoying a thunderstorm as we record right now, which is the most Mexican thing we can possibly have right now. Because there it is. Yes. Because 
It's uh, here in Mexico City, in case you've never been, we have two seasons, rain and no rain. That's literally the two seasons we have in Mexico City. True. It rains half the year and it stops raining the other half. Yeah. It gets a bit hot a couple of bit, months. Yeah. Oh God, like a after bit. I went outside of Mexico City for an actual hot place, I'm like, you know, we're... We're, just, we're okay, we're okay. We're whiny babies. We are very whiny babies. No, the thing is that the Valley of Mexico... Upon which we are nestled <laughs> like a new potato on a bed of lettuce. <laughs> the Valley of Mexico actually has wonderful weather. I mean, so when people say like the the Aztecs settled here because of a prophecy, they settled here because it rains half the year. The weather is wonderful. You never get frost. Like it's just it's perfect for growing shit. Yeah. You can literally grow it anywhere. Like just. Dump a tomato sample. Yeah, because it's volcanic soil, right? It's, so it's yeah, like... it's like stupid fertile. And then they came up with the, like the most advanced irrigation system of the of the time, and it was just like so much vegetable, you know? It was just so much like, corn, so much corn, tomatoes. so so much pumpkin, so much yeah, like not pumpkin, but like the Mexican version of pumpkin, but still squash. It's not squash. It's something else. It's calabaza, but it's not like zucchini. It's it's it tastes like zucchini. Okay. And it looks like zucchini, except it's round like pumpkin. Okay. I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen it or tasted it. Yeah. You have. Yeah. It's just like the one that grows in the milpa. It's just different. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. So Whatever. The point is, we're, it's currently raining. It started raining around June. Like it literally didn't stop. <laughs> then you were going to say it started raining like around half an hour ago. Like. <laughs> no, and the thing is, and the thing is, the rain in Mexico in general is very polite. It's on schedule. It will kind usually of, yeah. start raining between five and six in the evening. It'll stop raining at around eight or nine. Yes. And still people are surprised. People are like, I didn't bring my umbrella. It's like, what? I mean, people are surprised. I, I sort of got people when it comes to weather. They're like, why is it so hot? I'm like, it's summer. What do you expect? Why is it so cold? It's the winter. And yeah. But, you know, you can do something about the rain. Namely, umbrella. umbrella. Bring an umbrella. I was actually in Puerto Vallarta. They told us the, the way... They told us. They told me. Uh, that the way they know who's a tourist and who's not is the tourist uh, carry umbrella. Carry an umbrella. For some reason, uh, oh, local you know people, those tourists. Local people in Puerto Vallarta, they just get wet. Well, it is very hot there. It is. You might appreciate the occasional shower. <laughs> so anyway, let me introduce my co-host. So, uh, it's an injustice. It's an outrage. Someone should do something. Someone, someone has to care. But it's not going to be him. It's Luis Augusto. I take that as the <laughs> highest possible compliment I could be paid. Thank you. That is true. And may I introduce my co-host, Mar Martin Leon, a man who does not need a license to kill the mood. <laughs> wow. It had to be with the accents. I, yeah, I, no, I, I loved it. I needed to do the Sean Connery. I know, I, I am, I am honoured. Yes. <laughs> I like I don't even know if it's good, but I do it sometimes. It's like, like, have you seen that, um, who is it? It's Louis C.K.O. Can we talk about him? Yeah, let's talk yes, about yes, him. Of course. He has the, the 2017 special where he says he goes around the house doing that scene from Magic Mike when, um, who is it? Oh, it's not Woody Harrelson. It's, um, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is going around saying, it's like, um, 
the law says you can't touch. <laughs> but I think we have a lot of lawbreakers out there. You know, he does, he does the whole thing. And he just moves around the house doing the thing. I move around the house doing Sean, Con- Sean Connery. is just like slicing the potatoes. And, you know... The thing Washing about- chicken breasts. Yes, you're a dirty chicken breast, aren't you? <laughs> you're a dirty chicken breast. We're preventing salmonella. The thing about uh, the Sean Connery voice is that I think at this point, the Sean Connery, like, so many people have done a cartoony Sean Connery that the cartoony Sean Connery voice is, like, even more well-known than the actual... I'm not even doing Sean Connery. I'm doing um, this guy who did him on Saturday Night Live. Oh. Did, he was on Jeopardy. Like, yeah. he was the Jeopardy, and, and Alex, Alex Trebek, Trebek was, hated him. was this guy. Um, Alex Trebek was... I don't remember the names. Oh, God, wait. Uh, if only we had access to a supercomputer. Will Farrell. All right, yeah. Will Farrell was Alex Trebek, and this other guy was Sean Connery. <laughs> and it was just like... <laughs> it was so inappropriate. It was like, the character... And he would, like, Sean Connery would go, I'll take the rapist for 200, <laughs> Alex. And he would go, it's therapist, Mr. Connery. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take famous titties for 500. <laughs> it's like, it's famous titles, Mr. Connery. <laughs> That's not what your mother said last night, Rebecca. It was just, just. That's what I'm doing. I'm not even doing Sean Connery. I'm yeah, doing that yeah, guy yeah, yeah. doing Sean Connery. But yes, I enjoy. I enjoy. It's like. Oh, yeah. And actually, Sean Connery, before becoming an actor, was a bodybuilder. And he was gorge. Yeah, like even was, after like he was always gorge. Oh my god! Yeah. You know there was there was a, there was the slight problem with the women beating. You know, it's like yes. And then, did you know that, like, years after the thing, they asked him, like, Mr. Connery, and it was someone, like, it was someone big, I don't know if it was, like, Oprah. Diane Sawyer, like, okay. someone someone of this, you know, stature, and they asked Sean Connery, like, years after after he said the things, like, Mr. Connery, you've said, you've said some things in the past, and Connery is, because Connery doesn't give a fuck, no, he, he didn't, he didn't, he's a very, he's sick now, and, and I'm not, I, I, I still like him, I don't give a fuck, and he... Um, I don't. He beats women. It's complicated. It's not complicated. It's just... Can, you, can we cut this, maybe? <laughs> the point is, uh, she asks him, you said a while back that sometimes a man should hit a woman if the woman is whatever. And Sean Connery is like, yes, I, I did say that. Yes. What's your point, Sawyer? <laughs> I mean, what are you trying to say? I did not see that interview. Well, it's it's horrible. And it's awful. And I, I just oh, like, wow. I like the voice, and he's still my favorite Bond. I love the Bond. He was a fantastic Bond. I love the Bond. Anyway, anyway, I think so, it's time to introduce. So I did not kill the mood that one time, so I'm yes, grateful for that. Yes, you did. Me, a license to kill the mood. Anywho, the spy who almost shagged me. <laughs> I was listening to Skyfall the other day. The song, the song by Adele, Adele. which good. is amazing. It's good. And it's like a, it's also a breakup song in the end. Uh, well, most Bond songs are, are like breakup or a, like unhealthy obsession songs. Like, yeah, well, I mean, because you have like the world is not enough, which is more like uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't think that's such a, like a one-one. That was garbage, right? Yeah, <laughs> that no. sounded really judgy. No, I really like, no, I really like garbage. <laughs> I really like garbage, but I think that's probably the worst Bond song in the last. Like fifty years, including like like in the whole movie 
franchise, including Madonna song, which was Diana terrible as well. I thought it was, but then you had like Tina Turner. She sang Golden Eye. Yeah. And then uh, Cheryl Crow sang uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes. And then the last few movies, you've had really good songs. Like, yeah, the last one was uh, for, for Casino Royale was Sam Elliott, right? Who? Uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Sam Smith, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, that one. And he does, he does this falsetto thing. It's just fucking amazing. Just, my only problem was that writing, writing's on the wall was way too, like musically, was way too similar to Skyfall. Yeah. And I know that they're all supposed to play with a Bond theme, theme in the yeah. background, but that was like way too much. It was like part two. Yeah. And that, did you see Deadpool 2? I haven't. Deadpool 2. I love the, De- I love me some Deadpool. I just fucking love those things. And Deadpool 2 has this sequence in the credits where, you know, the, the opening credits where it's just, I'm not going to spoil it because there is a joke with the, the credits as you read because it breaks the fourth wall and so on, whatever. But the song is, um, it's called Ashes and, uh, Oh, there's Celine Dion Celine song. Dion sings it. Yeah. And you don't expect, you expect a lot of things in a Deadpool movie. But you don't expect, like, in the middle of the credits going, that is one fucking good song. Like, that is like, that is an epic, and it's a heartbreak song, and it's actually, like... It's a really good song. And it's a good movie. Like, it's, they're, they're good movie. I love me some, like, Yeah. They're the, just so good. I missed it on the cinema, dumbly enough, which is why... Did I, you see the first one? Yes, I love the first one. Well, you, you're going to love the second one. And I love the intro, because it's um, Angel of the Morning. Don't call well, this is actually like this abstraction of the whole plot of the film. Like, you know how Bond, okay. Bond, yeah. Bond films, they do this. Like, yeah, once, like you, once you see the film and you see yeah. the credit like sequence, you're like, chess oh. pieces and, and then chess becomes relevant. And yeah. falling, you know, some whatever. So. Yeah, actually, it, with uh, Deadpool, the second one, I, I liked the uh, the video. Uh, which The joke at the end yeah. is... I mean, oh my god. Yeah, where, where, where it's Deadpool going like, this is too good for the movie. You have to, like, sing. And she's like... That You're means. at an 11. We need you at a five. <laughs> five and a half tops. This is Deadpool. You know, we're not like... Yeah, and Celine Dion's like... What's the phrase? This thing only goes up to 11. <laughs> beat it, Spider-Man. And yeah. Like, and I love that she said beat it, Spider-Man. Because the main ship for Sp- for Deadpool on the fandom is Deadpool and Spider-Man. Well. Spidey-Pool. I can actually get behind that. Because in the comics, at least, it's made very clear that Deadpool is a depraved will anything that moves well kind of thing he's pansexual he's pansexual he's from words word of god yeah and he wouldn't even identify as that because it doesn't give a fuck like deadpool would just like he's like i want to fuck it he will will drop these lines of like oh yeah you know uh hulk there's this he's got like a really nice hand there's one where he's uh thor is just holding him up like by the scruff and he's like i really like your he's like i really like your pecs or something and thor's like what nothing like of course, who wouldn't like Thor's pecs? Deadpool <laughs> is all of us. He is all of us. I just, I love me some Deadpool. He's the id. He is the id. And the ego. And the superego. He's got like, because he's got the, the, the thought bubbles. Yeah. He's got the three, the, it's so good. I love Watch the second Deadpool film. I will, anyway. I will, I will. So anyway. Uh, Mexican stereotype of the day. We're, today we're talking about the Mexican Independence Day. And you Arriba! Think- 
Viva Mexico! And some people are wondering why it's not Cinco de Mayo. So what the fuck are you talking about? We've already discussed Cinco de Mayo yeah. in our ninth, in our ninth episode. Which was like around... Telenovelas. And we talked about Cinco de Mayo. And now it's like a callback to that because now it's the real thing. The real Independence Day. Dia yes. de la Independencia. It's going to be on Sunday. September 16th. Yes. Uh, and it marks the day when uh, Hidalgo rang the bell saying uh-huh. we're going to like Viva Mexico. Mr. Hidalgo. Mr. Hidalgo. Mr. Hidalgo. He, Mr. A- he, used, to be, he used to be in the 20 peso bill. No, that's... He was never in a bill, I believe. Oh, no, right now Squad is in the bill. Oh, wait, he, no, he was in the thousand peso bill. Yeah, he, he was in the thousand peso bill. Well, and I think they're moving him to another one. He's being demoted. Yeah. Yeah, he's being demoted. I think he's moving to, like, the 50 one. I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. But yeah, he's one of our, like, forefathers. The, if yeah, yeah, if there is anything. If I mean, the thing with Hidalgo uh, is that he was actually a priest, if I'm not mistaken. He and he sort of basically moved... Uh, what in the 1600s were... Was it 1600s? Probably. Yeah. No. Try again. Okay, so it's the... So it's the 1800s. There you go. I went I'm too far in the past. I'm going to enjoy this. Go on. I went too far in the past. Uh, he moved like what in the 1800s past for the masses, because he was a priest. So he had like his banner for the whole thing was the Virgen de Guadalupe. Yes. Because, like, separation of church and state was not going to be a thing for a while. Well, the thing is, he, he, was, he, he didn't even want that. Like, that's a funny thing. When you talk about the founding fathers of Americans, they kind of had their shit together when it came to this is the thing that we want. Um, with Mexico, it was kind of funny because they, the, the conspiracy, he was part of a conspiracy to overthrow um, the Spanish rule, the Spanish, the Spanish vice royalty. Of, yes. of Mexico. Um, it wasn't the only conspiracy. There were like dozens of <laughs> There were a lot of people. A lot, of, them, lot of people got killed. A lot of people were like, oh, conspirators. We have to kill them. 1800s people. What are you going to do? They, they have to, hello. <laughs> we, we come from the crown and we are here because they have informed us that there are conspirations here in this house. So you are all going to be hanged. <laughs> and the heads will be placed. But no, but no, but no, but no Mr. Vice Royalty of the Crown. Mr. Mr. Soldier, you have to. No, understand. Mr. Soldier from the Vice Royalty. I, we have, I, we are you the Spanish Inquisition? No, I am not. That's, no, no, that's no. why you expected me to come. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm here right on time. I, I, I send you a letter telling Mr. you. Mr. Soldier, we were expecting you. We were expecting you, that's right. I was expecting I you. Mr. Bond. Mr. Bond. No, but the thing is. Uh, they didn't actually want Mexico to be independent. The thing was, back in Spain, um, the the, di- well, the 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 ruling house, which was the the Bourbon house, as as in the thing speaking, you drink. Speaking of, it's full circle. It's full circle. Uh, it was overthrown by uh, Napoleon. Napoleon invaded Spain and put his brother in the throne. Um, Joseph, yes, you do. Joseph Bonaparte, and when Joseph Bonaparte was placed on uh, on the throne, uh, a lot of uh, Creoles here in Mexico, which were one of the ruling classes and one of the you know almost the highest class um, and more numerous than the actual peninsula Spain Spanish people here, they were like, well, we have to get rid of this new king and bring the old king back. So they didn't really want Mexico to be independent. They just wanted Mexico to be back under the rule of the 
of the original king. So when this guy climbs up into the church uh, bell thing and rings it, his words were apparently were Viva Mexico, blah, blah, blah. And Viva Ferdinand VII. Oh. And, uh, he, uh, and also death to bad government. Which, which well, I agree. I agree with half of that statement. Yeah. Because Ferdinand was such a nice guy, but <laughs> well, uh, yeah. No, in my defense, I my history, my history of Mexico is really, really blurry because my history, the last history class I had uh, was in tech, and our teacher was a guy who you know very what nowadays we call Chairo. So very left-leaning and very like, you know, quote-unquote socialist. So we never really got past the, the conquest, like the conquista. Like, I think the, we, we spent, uh, like half the semester just being sad about the Noche Triste, which is the sad night, which is. Being sad about it? I mean, being sad about, you know, like, because this, the, the, the Noche Triste, the, the, the sad night again, it's when the actual, the Aztecs were, managed to, uh, kick the, the Spaniards out of the, out of Tenochtitlan. But then, like, afterwards, you know, like, oh no, slaughter of the, of the native, of the native, uh, Mexicans. And, and he never really got over it. So, like, the whole, the whole, whole, whole class, we never went past the conquista. So, like, that's my defense, and I'm sticking by it. No, Cause, it's cause, like, of course, I could have, like, read somewhere else everything else, but I didn't. <laughs> the point is... The point is, what do you do for Independence Day? Well, everyone just... Okay, the traditional thing to do is to gather... Yes. ...amongst a great group of people. That's... <laughs> that's Hannah Gatsby again. <laughs> you celebrate through the metaphor of a party. <laughs> I don't want to celebrate. Where do the quiet Mexicans go? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of fireworks. There's a lot of fireworks. In fact, every, every year people get more annoyed about the fireworks than their, and their pets being nervous about the fireworks. Well, to be fair, not the pets, just like it bothers me. Yeah, but you say that like it's me. Most people are just like, my dog is so My scared. dog gets so stressed about fireworks. This is just that your dog is a chihuahua. He <laughs> would get stressed about it's the, stressed the about presence the... of a watermelon. It's, be, it's <laughs> awake, like... it's stressed. You yes. know, like, whatever. No, but Yeah, so you get together uh, with family and or friends. Or you go to the town center. Yeah. Like, each of the... Because we have, like, our 16... Uh, Cities within Mexico City, as yeah. a team. yeah, and and we go, and and you're supposed to go to the central square, yeah, and then the mayor, and it's packed full people. Yeah. You cannot move through the crowd if you are in any way afraid of crowds or open open spaces or both. Don't go there. <laughs> yes, I've, I've done it once when a friend of mine was visiting from Spain. Of course, you wanted to give him the full independence. Well, yeah, I mean, she, well, she was, we, we, it was just the two of us who were like, we may as well okay. go. And we sat down at a bar. Did you go to the Mexico, to like... The, we went to Centro de Tlalpan. Oh, yeah. Tlalpan is a, one of the southern... Uh, boroughs. Boroughs. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, not not to the actual Socalo, like, no, fuck no. But, like, a lot of people go. A lot yeah, of no, people. it's back for... That's where the president... Um, he has. They they transferred the bell from the original Liberty Bell or the Independence Bell. They they put it in the National Palace, and yeah. they and the guy rings it, and he does the traditional. And this is a literal translation: 
The scream of independence. Yes. The yell, the shout, the bellow. The proclamation. The proclamation. And he goes, Viva, whoever it is. And then Viva Mexico and everyone gets drunk and everyone has fun, apparently. But it's become a very... (laughs) It's become a very political thing. It's become a very political thing. Because, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because this is his first time. Yeah. Well, it's always... I mean, in a way, it's always been political. The thing is is that um, ever since the... The main ruling party, which was the PRI, lost the government, lost the presidency um, a while ago now, like like with with Fox a while ago. But um, and, and I think there were there's been a couple of years where they they change some words or like they take some people out or they put some people in. So it's like, ooh, you know, controversy. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting with this guy, with Lopez Obrador. He's going to fuck it up. He's going to fuck it up. Either he's going to fuck it up, or it's just going to take him forever to go through the whole thing, because he speaks really slowly, so like, viva. Well, it's it's a very short speech. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. He was like, I'm ready to take questions from the press now. Oh Holding my God. the bell. Just oh ready, ready God. to take questions from oh the God. press. So... Uh, so yeah, so you go and you go to, like, they have fireworks, they usually have, like, um, they should have, like, some other kind of show. A light show. And yeah, then, like, yeah, depending where you are, of course, they're going to do, like, traditional things from their area, so, like, traditional folkloric dance and traditional folkloric music, and then you're just going to go and get drunk with your friends that with traditional nice. folkloric beer or Heineken, whichever you find. Yes, and then uh, you'll eat the traditional Mexican dish, which is chiles en nogada, which... Chiles en nogada. Uh, Chiles en nogada is a fantastic dish. I love it. Apparently a lot of people don't. Um, But anyway, so the chile chile nogada, which is translated to uh, chile in a walnut sauce. Walnut sauce, yeah. Walnut sauce. Uh, And it's um, the chile poblano, which is the larger chile... Uh, it's filled with uh, ground meat with vegetables, the picadillo. Um, of course, now there are vegan options it's for mince. those. Yeah, it's just mince. Yeah, of course, now there are vegan options for those that that whose diet. Uh, they, it has like a type of cactus in the filling, which I forget what it is. But in some places they, they put too much of that, and I don't like that. So then uh, that you you put the chili, you put it on plate, and then you cover it with the walnut sauce, which is the nogada. And the walnut sauce is like a sweeter sauce. It's made with uh, cream. And so you put the walnut sauce on top of it. And then you put little pomegranate seeds on top of that. And it's supposed to have been made in a convent invented by nuns in a convent over in Puebla when they were tasked with making a dish that represented Mexico. So you have the green from the chili the white from the sauce and the red from the pomegranate seeds. And that's why the chile nogada is the traditional Mexican meal for September. It's delicious. I love it. And now there's like this restaurant beeps that is, that's like doing like nogada on everything. They have like hot cakes, like pancakes with nogada serious? on top. Yes. When have I lied to you? Don't answer. <laughs> That's not and they're doing like uh, flautas with I'll nogada. No, I mean like I'm I'm sooner or later gonna gonna fall for. I'll have that, you know. The thing is, Mexico, we're, we're just catching on to this whole food yeah. um, 
weird food combination thing that yeah. you know. Something. No, Nogada is. The, it, I'm pretty sure no, if not this year, next year, Nogada is going to be our pumpkin spice. Ooh, nogada frappuccino. Yeah, we're going to have a nogada frappuccino. We're going to have a nogada, like, no, nogada aromatic candles. Ooh. Nogada everything. Like... The thing is, it's nogada terribly chips. difficult to make. Like, it's... it's That's the reason why a lot of people buy their chiles in nogada from someplace else. Because nogada is actually... It is a time-consuming it's process. It's very like, time-consuming. You have to, like, get the chilies. You have to prepare the chilies. And you have to, like, take the all the... The walnuts are, are death. Like, I, yeah. helped, I helped with the nogada once for a friend's family. Because my family, obviously, as good foreigners, they're like, we don't bother with that kind of shit. And um, they... Uh, I helped, and it was just like, oh, yeah, now you have to crack open 70,000 walnuts, <laughs> and then we have to clean them and peel them and yes. make sure that it's, it's very... My mom actually makes makes really good chile novela. My mom actually makes really good uh, traditional Mexican food, because my friends, uh, the traditional uh, thing we, I do with my friends for Independence Day is we do a pozole. I don't know if you know pozole, but it's this kind of broth. Yeah, it's a kind of soup. It's usually made with pork, but now they have options with vegetables and chicken. You know, if that's your thing. Um, and it's, it has a white corn. It has, like, the broth is either clear or you can have, you have, you can have it red, which is usually spicy. And so, like, my, what we, what I do with my friends is we get together for Independence Day and we just eat a whole bunch of pozole that our dear friend Alejandro Dungla makes because he went to culinary school. Ooh. So he's great at cooking and that's what we do. Did you know that pozole originally called for human flesh? Oh yeah, I, I heard that. <laughs> that was like, that was the recipe. Can you imagine the tasty video? Wow. <laughs> like, Find you're going to need an enemy. <laughs> Or someone to be exalted as a sacrifice to the war sun blood god. A war prisoner. Yes. You, you, you will need a Tlaxcalteca. Yeah. Make, insist on fresh Tlaxcaltecas. <laughs> when you go to your market, insist on fresh slaves. Exactly. You don't want any and stale and slaves. And I, and I love that we're talking about, about enemies when you have your enemies. It's like the Friends uh, logo, but it says enemies. I love me, my shirt. I love it. And that way, since you have this shirt on, now we're going to talk about enemies. For an yes. <laughs> well, anyway, what is our topic today? What is our topic today, Mario? Yeah, um, today we want to talk about stand-up comedy competitions. Not like just in general. I mean, yes, in general, but also we're going to talk about one very specific one we're having right now here in Mexico City, uh, which is the Guerra Colectivos or the Liga de Colectivos. Liga de Colectivos. Because you're not supposed to mix them up. <laughs> because there's Guerra de Escuelas, which is the biggest one probably right now, like everyone yeah. follows it, which is the teachers, you know, the, the known stand-up teachers, yeah. they bring their students, they choose their Pokemon, and they bring and their team. they are sometimes a little bit cheaty when it comes to... Cheaty not being not the character from uh, The Good Place, but rather just a way of saying cheater, you know, odd. They care a lot. They do care a lot. They do. Maybe too much. Uh, so, yeah, and it's actually kind of interesting because uh, this whole thing of competitions, as like, for example, when it comes to improv here in Mexico, some of the more popular shows were shows that pit improv troops uh, one against the other. So, like, the Impro Lucha, which had, like, imaginary, re like, reminiscent of uh, Lucha Libre uh, and other stuff like that. Um, 
And then uh, Woko and 139, uh, which are like the main-ish comedy clubs in Mexico City. Uh, they started this thing called the Garra Escuelas, which is the War of the Schools, in which several stand-up comedy teachers came together um, to put their, you know, to have their students fight each other. For so, glory and for recognition. Exactly. And just for a f- couple of thousand pesos at the end of the, the whole thing. Well, no, actually, when, when I first, I was in the first um, edition yeah. of... And there was no prize? Yes, there was. Okay. That, that's the thing. It wasn't split. It was just the winner takes it all. Oh, and now it's split with... Now it's split with, like, second and third place. Like, oh, okay. I don't know, like you get, like, a, a bit back. Did you, did you, you, did you win? No. Uh, okay. Who won your... Was it... Ruby. Ruby. Ruby Garcia. Okay. It was actually very... It was very unnerving for me because I'd, I'd only graduated from uh, from my course three months before. Yeah. And I was sitting here with these guys and like, how long have you been doing this? Three years. Four years. And I was like, I'm fucked. And then I, I was the dark horse... Uh, yeah. During my first elimination round, because nobody expected, like, it was like, who's this new guy? Who's Who this young upstart? Who's this blondie? Who is this blondie here? He's he's got nothing, and I had something, and then I I won the elimination, and then went on to the final, yeah. and then I got creamed at the final. It was just oh, brutal. Bummer. It was brutal because I I went in and I decided against like somebody should have advised me not to, but I I did. Um, Instead of doing my same 10-minute set, which was working and which got me through to the final, I said, all of the judges have already seen this. What if I surprise them and I just change change half of it? And I wrote five new minutes for the final that nobody had seen. (laughs) They did not work? No, it worked. It worked. It was just, I got so nervous that I got like eight across the board like it was it was not yeah. it was not I a mean, catastrophe let, let me because like every single one of these things the first the first version of this thing was stand up wars which wasn't in it was produced by same people but, but it wasn't in the um in the same place it was but stand up wars was just like a competition anyone could enter and the way that there was like a there was like a like a point system but also like in the audience, uh, three red flags were given to three random people in the audience. Yes. So, uh, as you were going with your um, material, one the people that were listening could raise their flag. And if two people raised their flag, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, you had to get off the stage. That's correct. And there was, like, a little bit of drama, like, one time where one of the comedians like his friends were in the audience and one of the, those people the, the friends had like a flag so there was like they were saying that they were they were unfairly raising the red flag for comedians who were actually doing if not good not that bad um the audience ruins everything if you ask me about stand-up competitions you should not give the audience any power because that's not what a, how a competition works it's not like, don't have any delusions of grandeur. You're not American Idol or whatever. Like, you're not the X Factor. Who gives, like, who gives a fuck, honestly? And, I like, during um, Guerra de Escuelas, when I was in Guerra de Escuelas, yeah. the first edition, there was no audience participation. Yeah. Or, or but, like, explain like how Guerra de Escuelas work. Basically, works. you got averaged... Like you got you have you're, you have uh, you have three judges. With, no, you have the teachers who are the judges, uh, and then you have like one uh, guest, guest judge. judge. Yeah, 
uh, who's usually who usually does what it with stand up before everyone goes on the competition. That is correct. And I think it's five judges total usually. Yes. And they each of them can give you a score from one to ten. And from five to ten. Yeah, and yeah. they cancel your lowest score, or they cancel your the low. When I was uh, when I was doing it, I think they cancel the lowest one. But your teacher could 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 mark you. Yes. And then they changed it so that your teacher would give you feedback, but they wouldn't be able to yeah. to give you a mark. And then. Like it because the teachers were like really strategic about it. It's like, oh, I can't give him a very high grade, but uh, because but if I give him a too high grade, then, then that's gonna get eliminated. So I'm gonna give him like it was very strategic, and it was kind of bullshit. Yeah, because of course the teachers want their students to win for you know brownie points of saying like for the mom. glory. Yeah, exactly. And so like you have several uh, first you have several dates in which like like they're basically like the. I don't know. I don't know how to call them, uh, but like you know, the were one like the winner out of uh, four dates or five dates is gonna go to a grand finale, which where you were of course they're gonna like one champion will come out and rule them all. Apparently, or just get a lot of shows for a while. Um, well, the thing is, when I was there, I actually I, I I feel very very happy with my result, even though I I tied third place overall, but I was new. So it actually worked really well for me because yeah. it, it put me kind of on the map. So a lot yeah. of people had no idea who I was. Like literally a lot of people I've, I've approached since they like, Oh, the first time I saw you was when you, you yeah. were in, like, and, and that's when nobody knew about me. And that it was kind of my teacher strategy, like Gloria, who was my teacher, who is still my teacher, I guess. Um, although she doesn't teach me anymore, but whatever. Well, she's um, the one that, uh, the one. She you... taught me how to do it. She yeah. taught me how to do it. She, um, she kind of kept me under wraps. She kind of like, don't do a lot of shows. Don't do a lot of, blah, 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 you know, we're going to keep you a bit of a secret. And it was just at the right time for me to go into a really good stand-up troupe from then on and to get invited to like to open shows from then on. So I was actually quite happy with my result, even though I didn't win. And I totally did not deserve to win. I remember getting off the stage. I got a nice applause. One of the judges, Gus Proal, who is a teacher I very much admire, he, um, he docked me a point because he said, how dare you bring new material to a final? You have to take this shit seriously. And then Jurgen, another teacher, he was like, I actually admire your balls. You brought new material. I'm going to give you an extra point. So at the end, it kind of balanced oh, out. Okay. I got yeah. like an eight average and then Ruby came and I, I opened. It was my, I had to open that night. You were the first one. I was the first one. And it was just like, I was, I was, I, I threw up like three times that night. Oh my God. And I remember stepping off the stage knowing that I wouldn't win. And I felt such a great wave of relief. It's just like, it's over, I didn't win, and it's fine. And then uh, Ruby goes on, and she starts just slaying it. She's just like, she had this she had this um, set who had been polished to a mirror shine. Yeah. She'd been doing it for years. She herself told me, I've been doing this set for years. It's, it was just polished and polished That's another thing, like, because I think you have to have uh, less than three years doing stand-up. No, that was, that was interesting. Um, the original, here's, here's the bit of bullshit that was during my competition. The original thing was that the only rule, the only rule was you couldn't have, uh, you, you, 
You, you couldn't have been rules. in Comedy Central. You needed that. You, you couldn't have been on TV. Okay. Of any kind, and you needed it. There needed to have been less than one year since you finished your stand-up course. Okay. Those were the two rules. That's when I met during the previews of the competition. I met Solin, who has now become one of my closest stand-up comedy friends. And I remember being there, and I, and and I, and I looked at him, and I was like, "This is the guy I have to beat because he was really good." And then he got um, kicked out of the competition because he had done a small bit for a rubbish TV show once. Yeah. And he got kicked out. But then they changed the rules to say, the only thing is you can't have done TV. That's the only the only rule. So a lot of comedians who'd been doing this for years went up against some of us who'd been doing this for months, weeks. So it was kind of unbalanced. But in the end, I didn't really complain because I was like... You can always say I mean, no. The other thing with, with, the, with, no. with that uh, being the rule, because uh, I do think that there comes a point where you could say, like, well, you know, maybe you went to Gus Proal's class or whatever, but it comes a point where, like, most of your learning has been done on stage and has little, if nothing, to do with your stand-up comedy teacher. True. Because, like, right now, like, if I see, for example, Ruby, uh, I see her now, and I see her just as good as she was when she was in the Garrascuelas. Like, I think... Ruby hasn't had the need or the drive to improve a lot. Like, she's good. She's good. She's, she's good. But uh, I see you and I see other people uh, from, from that competition, and you are leaps and bounds ahead of where you were uh, during the competition. Well, yeah, because I've, you know, because it's my first two years. I mean, I Yeah, but it's been two years since Ruby was there, and I honestly, like, I've seen Ruby several times, and I think that Ruby is still doing... Kind of the same material and kind of the same delivery and kind of the same everything. Like, this worked for her, so she hasn't seen the need to do... And she's not living off of this, so she's, she hasn't really feel, felt the need to improve a lot. Right. And, I mean, she, she's, good. she's good. Don't get me wrong, she's good. Uh, but if I... Again, if I see you or, or other people, uh, during two years you've made an effort that other people haven't done during those two years. Um, did Gloria uh, coach you a lot? Uh, she coached me not that much. We we read we ran through the text. You know, I I just graduated from her class, so she knew my material already. Mm-hmm. She knew what I'd written. Uh, she gave me a couple of pointers. Uh, then I polished. I added a few jokes. Like what? Like a lot of what I put on there kind of still exists in my bit. It's just a lot tighter and not shorter. The only joke I wrote for that competition was um, "baby with a cleft lip." <laughs> um, you have to be there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good. One. It's uh, it's it's one of it's, it's one of my my most effective jokes. I won't say it's good. I'd say it's effective. And um, I wrote that for that competition, and I'm still using that joke. But most of the other jokes, I've kind of like let them go. Let go. Uh, the other thing is like so that was uh, the school yeah. uh, war. But before we get to uh, the collective... The, the two, current... The current one. Yeah. Because, like, w- what I've been told, and I think... Because this thing about having stand-up comedy troops or stand-up comedy uh, groups going against each other uh, isn't something that is... Like, usually, stand-up comedy being the lonely art that it is, at least on stage... Yes. Uh, it's usually, like, you go in a competition and it's just you against whatever so many other yeah. uh, comedians are going to be there. Be it a roast competition, be it... Like, usually roast competitions are done in this, you know, like, sort 
tournament way where it's like you have all of them and you like you start with 16 and then you have eight and then blah 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 yeah, blah, blah, blah. knockout competition like a yeah. knockout exactly yeah and or you're doing this more thing like you do with uh points and like the audience votes for the one comedian who they think should uh you know like you get judges or like audience participation and everything uh did you like besides um Besides the Garra Escuela, did you participate in any, any other competition? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And this was... Oh, my God. This is, this is a good story. Okay. So, um, basically, after Garra de Escuela... Was it after? Yeah, it must have been after. Yeah. After Garra Escuelas, this flyer started, like, popping around on Facebook of people entering this contest, this competition, which had a prize of 10,000 pesos, and you just had to go to an office, and you had to register, and... and you had to sit on this couch, all you had to do. and you had to take it your clothes off. Like, I, and I arrived at the office, I arrived at this, like, ridiculous, just, like, dingy office, like, this is how I get killed, like, this is literally like, how like, I... <laughs> this is, like, this is how I end up in a human like, trafficking ring. Exactly, like, you have stand-up comedy, and, like, the sign just falls off, and yeah. it's, like, human trafficking. Ink. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we I, want your organs dot org. Dot or, oh, oh, that was nice. <laughs> that was lovely. Organs dot org. Yeah. <laughs> it was right there. And it was, it was right there. And I arrived in the, in this place and they told me, oh yeah, you're whatever. I was unknown and I, I needed the money. You know? I, I was young. <laughs> I, I was young and I needed the money. No, I went in there. And they told me, first thing they tell me, and they didn't tell me that before I went in there. And that was my first red flag. Um, they said, we need you to sell 10 tickets um, for the competition. And each ticket is worth uh, 250 pesos. So we need you to sign right now, um, <clears throat> basically a, a, a legal document yeah. saying you're committing yourself to selling 2,500 Uh, peso worth of tickets. Yeah. And the moment they pull out this thing, I was like, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm the person you're looking for because first of all, I don't have any friends. Like I've got like three of them. Your contest is really far away. They're not going to come to see me and these other people. So um, I think I'm not going to, I think I'm going to pass on this. And I just left. And then this, uh, the guy who was running the contest, he contacts me later and he goes, how many can you sell? I was like, I can try selling Three. Like, I can try selling three, maybe, and I'm not going to lie to you, but, you know, whatever. Like, if you're looking for people who can fill the place, if you're looking for fillers, I'm not a filler. So just move along to the next comedian. We're fine. And I went to the... I, in the end, I went in there. Um, and I sold three tickets, literally. And while uh, in there, I won the first round. I was... Uh, I, I passed to the final round. And just as I was stepping off stage... You know, this this very busty, very um, attractive woman approaches me, mm -hmm. uh, knowing not that her powers did not work on me. Of course. And she went all like, oh, uh, congratulations on winning. Here is another paper I need you to sign that you're going to sell another 10 tickets for the final. And I'm like, I already told you it's not going to happen. So she was like, okay, I'll, I'm just going to consult this with a producer and he'll get back to you and whatever. And I went home. And then the next day, the guy calls me and he says, here's the thing. If you don't sell tickets, you're not going to pass into the next round. And I told him, I don't think you understand how a contest works. The way a contest works is you get the money, your, your place gets the money together for a winning jackpot. Yes. That's 10,000 pesos. And you put a lot of comedians to compete for that jackpot. 
In the end, you're going to have three shows, two elimination rounds, and one final round for 10,000 pesos, which is a fucking steal. Yeah. And a lot of us are perfectly willing to walk away with nothing for the shot of walking away with everything. Yeah. That's how a contest works. That's how they do it. Yeah, that's the thing. After, after, uh, I think after um, uh, the school uh, war, the Guerra Escuelas worked, that you had several people doing uh, similar contest type things yes. in several places. Because there was that one, which I heard about, the one you were in. There was one in uh, a forum called Silvia Vasquez, which is close to Condesa, which is close to the, to the Waco, which uh, I think... Caro Campos was one of the judges there, right. and I'm pretty sure for that one they had like they had like the price ready, and it just like they were trying to like get a lot of people to come, and I don't think they did as well audience wise as they expected. Um, but also, I also think that a lot of these things. That's why uh, I think uh, this uh, comedy troupe uh, league and the school ones they were kind of a little bit genius in that. Um, the comp the the people that that were competing being so new, they were more they had more friends that weren't you know kind of burn out of like I know your show, I know your thing. If you're like if you get to the final, call me. But in the meantime, like I hope I hope you win. But like since it's newer comedians and comedians who um who are just starting, uh, they they still have the support of all these people that are like this is a thing you're trying and now you haven't you're in this competition so we're gonna go support you especially because in um in in these competitions they tell you like if you, you can like be on your phone while the whole thing happens and vote for your favorite and whatever so um but yeah like next to that you had a lot of people doing copycat and especially like things like it, this was a scam here's yeah. the thing it yeah. was just an outright scam and in yeah in predatory ways no but the thing is what well, the thing was I know a person I know was the judge the guest judge for the final round who. Cool. Who? No. No. Fine, I'll cut this out. A person? No. A per- you can bleep it out. Can you bleep? I can bleep. Do you have bleep? Okay, so... Was the judge for the final round. <coughs> You're going to bleep all these names out. Which I didn't go to. They removed me from the list or whatever, and I was like, I'm not going to go for this, and that's fine. I wasn't even angry. Mm. I was just like, this is not what I'm interested in. What I didn't expect, I thought it was just a regular scam of... We want people to, like, feel... they. People want to feel famous, and yeah. they're going to pay money to feel famous. And, the, you know, modeling agencies do it, and record labels or small record labels do it. it it's a, you had to get down on Friday. It's a Taylor's oldest time. Mm-hmm. I was doing the Friday song for Rebecca Black. I'll keep my Angela Lansbury. <laughs> song as old as song, or something like whatever it was. Uh, the point is, uh, later I learn from... This, this person, person. Who, who was the judge that when the final finally rolled around this guy who I who tied with who, who I passed into the next round with who is a, a very good comedian really good very accomplished really good. comedian yeah. fantastic comedian he I don't know if it was I think it was him he won like in the final round he won and it was very clear that he did, and the audience was loving him, and he won the audience's vote, and whatever. And this other comedian was also there. And he um, he didn't win, but during the deliberation phase, the staff approaches the judge and tells him or her 
uh, tells them, tells tells it, tells their approach, approaches there, and they uh, they tell them, um, you can't have this guy win because he didn't uh, sell, sell enough all, tickets. He didn't sell all the tickets that he wow. said he would, and this other guy he sold all of them. So he has to win. Wow, he has to win. Wow. And uh, this uh, this person was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not, not going to give this, the, give the prize to someone who doesn't deserve it. Yeah, of course. In the end, they offered a tie. So yeah. it was a tie because someone sold a lot of tickets. And by the way, I know that a lot of people sold tickets, but they didn't really sell the tickets. They bought, bought it out of their own pockets. Yeah. Which means people can also be very stupid. Like, this is the multi-level marketing of stand-up comedy. Yeah. And it's going to end since, it, it, since if it worked, it, they're going to do it again. They're going to keep on doing it. Exactly. And they'll have to choke a bitch. And they did. So basically, the contest was over. The winners were like, well, one of the winners, the deserving winner was like, this contest was rubbish. And the other winner was like, I won. I am so happy. Whatever. And then... um Uh, I, I thought this would be the last I would hear of them because I told the guy on the phone, over the phone, when I talked to the producer, I told the producer, I'm not interested in any more contests from you guys, so you can just stop contacting me from now on, whatever. Uh, in March, and I've looked up this because I, I barely touch my Facebook, so I found it rather easily. In March, they sent me the following message, the same uh, the same place. They the, said, the same producer. hello, uh, You are, uh, hereby we invite you to a stand-up presentation that will take, uh, take place on uh, March the 7th at this place. Um, we know that some time ago you participated in our stand-up show and we would like to give you the opportunity to showcase your talent as a stand-up comedian. You'll have 30 minutes of blah, 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 blah. The only requirement is that you, we need you to call your friends and family. We will give you 25 tickets each worth 10 peso each. That's 2,500 peso in total. And you only have to give us back the money from 10 tickets. That's 1,000 peso. The other 1,500 peso you can keep for yourself. Now, you would have to be a pretty stupid person to say, oh, of course, I'm going to sell more than 10. Um, this way, you can even get a small profit for yourself, whether, you know, no matter what happens. What do you think? Are you interested? If you're interested, blah, 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 blah. And I replied... Hello, I would love to participate, but first I need you to help me fitting 25 inches of dick into your asses. Out of these inches, you only have to pull out 10, the other 15 you can leave inside. Please go, please go I on. will definitely need you guys, but however, I will need you guys to insert all of the dick in advance and then sign me an official document telling me that this is the amount of dick that you will put inside yourselves. What do you think? Are you interested? And I replied and then I blocked them and then I... Ah, but then we didn't get to know the I answer. published the... No, and, and who cares? I'm, I'm I not, care. I'm I care. Is that cool I'm I am now involved in the story. Not interested because these guys no, are I mean, predatory and fuck them. Yeah, no, and oh god. And, and I mean, predatory people in these kind of things are, you know, common even in like everywhere. So fuck them. But um, next question. Uh, well, <laughs> I haven't been in a stand up comedy competition. Uh, oh, like, you've never been? I have never. Well, I was in a. There, there was kind of like a roast thing. Uh, a while ago, uh, this is a long while ago, like five years, if not seven. And I, so yeah, it was like a sort of like, again, like a, 
like a tournament style, like a knock, knock, knockout style. Uh, I went against Alexis de Anda, and I won Ooh. that one. Uh, and then I won the leg against uh, Felipe Meneses, who isn't that good, but there was an audience vote, and there were he had way more people in the audience than I did, so I lost the vote. Um, so yeah, that's. I think that's the only one I've, I've been. I've been to. Uh, I, 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 I tried doing one ages ago too, uh, that I, I, I called Comedy Fighter, uh, in which it was kind of like you had, uh, three comedians and you gave them like a particular challenge and they had to write like the, the, they had to write some material for that theme in like, they had like a, like a couple hours to, to do the writing. Right. So for example, the first one, uh, they had to write about one of the seven deadly sins, then they had to write about like literary genres, and then they had to write. I forget, like that. That competition actually, uh, it we did kind of okay. I should like try to do it again. And then the other one, which is just a one-off thing we do, uh, we did. It was the stand-up on fire, in which you uh, you get the yeah three comedians, and you have them. You have the audience give each of the comedians a subject to write about, and they each get like half an hour more or less to write to write it because they are writing on stage as the other two comedians go to do like fifteen minutes of their usual standard of the, of the, yeah, and like the, like their tried stuff, and then like at the end they have five minutes to like showcase the new material they wrote while on stage while people were watching. So that was that one was really good, and I really liked that one, and I should do it again too. You should. Um, Here's the thing. Contests are fun because they're fierce. When they are fierce, when they are... My my biggest problem is that most of the contests I've heard of and I've entered are kind of dirty and crooked. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just the way they are. It's just thing with, like, with a lot of people in the, in the moment, they feel like there's something to win. Because like, you have this experience in your... Uh, in this, like, the... Uh, troop league thing. Yes. Uh, because, as you said, you do have an audience vote. Yes. And I think the audience vote. I mean, there's a place for the audience vote because you are in, you are in the end. Fuck the audience. Playing, no, but like in the like in the French festival, there is an audience. There is an audience award. Like there is an like in the end, as a stand-up comedian, you are playing for an audience. So there is something to, to be said where you know, like like even if the judges felt that. For whatever reason, you were better. Um, there is something we said, like the, for the audience having connected more with a certain particular comic or a certain particular. Uh, if audiences were disinterested, if audiences were honest, then totally, I'm with you. Yeah, because, what, because they're what, not. Because what happened exactly? Because like the the scene is so small that the audience that we get. Can in fact be um, affected by biased, but and not only can can it be biased, it can actually be gamed by someone. Absolutely, like 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 we're saying. Um, like I'm not going to name any names. No, but it does happen. And here's the thing: the Fringe Festival has an audience vote because the Fringe Festival has 
all sorts of scenic arts. They've got dance, they've got drama, they've got tragedy, they've got comedy, they've got stand-up, they've got classical theatre, they've got contemporary theatre, they've got post-dramatic theatre, they've yeah. got verbatim theatre, like so many things. So sometimes it might be hard to see if a play was really good because the audience might be just really quiet and listening. But here's the thing. This is stand-up. There's a very objective way in which you can see how effective a comedian is being. Namely, how much is he making the audience laugh? Yeah, but but again, like there there are a lot of things in which an audience in which an audience vote in which the audience cannot be gamed or you know like biased against uh, unfairly. I think there is a place for the audience vote because in the end you are playing for an audience. Like like I mean that's in fact one of the the things that. Uh, that happens in the the school thing is that you sometimes like uh, I feel they're writing to impress the judges and a like you have this thing with Goose and Jurgen in which one of them is really impressed that you wrote something new for the final and the other one it feels like you're not taking it seriously which by the way I feel that it's a shit argument like no it's not that you weren't, weren't taking it seriously is that you gave yourself a challenge and the thing with that is like you know it's it's you know writing something new in the amount of time you have between your uh first presentation and the grand finale well the grand finale the 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 final the finals the finals yeah uh you don't have that much time i think you had like a couple weeks yes so but it, it, it's a big risk and if you had gotten it it would have been a big reward it would have paid off it people would have said off. okay this is totally new yeah. and in two weeks he wrote something totally new and it worked and the fact that you didn't have like complete silence during five minutes of new material I mean I feel it speaks because like to this day a lot of people go to the open mic with new material no matter their experience and they might you know like it's shit for five it minutes it happens to me yeah it definitely. happens to everyone yeah uh, so Whoever you're playing for, be it the audience or the judges, that might backfire. Because yes. you might be thinking... Because, like, for me, uh, like, one year, it was, like, for the Comedy Central Latin America castings, like, I wrote stuff, and I thought I was writing things that were specific. Like, I, I thought, like, Comedy Central does this kind of thing. Like, this is the kind of material they want. I'm gonna, sh I'm gonna basically write for Comedy Central. And that's the year I didn't even get a callback. Because apparently I was too—I um, spoke too much about dicks. You're too homosexual. Yes, basically. and you have to stop. I was too homosexual. What's all this buggery going on in this stand-up routine? It's like it's just your normal amount of buggery, Mister yes, Connery. Mister Connery. Oh yes, of course. I, I forgot I was Scottish. <laughs> just a healthy dose of buggery you know the kind of things you expect well, you know if you're not gonna have buggery in stand-up where are you gonna have it let's talk about the current um competition because we're both participating we are both participating we're both participating in this comedy competition. so uh so this troop like liga de colectivos i don't know how to turn it to turn it's a troop League. It's a troop. Basically, league. it's a, it's an it's so, a knockout competition. But instead of competing by yourself, you're competing as a group. Yeah. And it has two stages. You you uh, you throw in five minutes of your uh, material, and then there's a first roast. of all, your troop can have as many people as you want, but only four people are going to go on stage during the show. How the show works during the actual competition is uh, each of the like each of the contestants, the con the, con the, con the competing troops. They first send their captain at the toi, and they have to do five minutes stand up, like you know, just run of the mill, yeah, average stand up, yeah, good old stand up, making people laugh, yeah. 
And then the judges deliberate, and then they say one of these two people won, and they get awarded three points. Three points, points. yeah. The person who lost that is now allowed to say, I want a... Repechaje, I forget. No, I, I, no, I want to go for a roast. I want to go yeah. for a roast. So during the roast, if, if the losing... Uh, comedian wants to go to a roast, which they usually do because the whole point of the show. Uh, they they take um, short break. They take they take a short break to write a, to write a, a little, a little, some jokes with their teammates, and then they come back and they have five jokes each. And the winner of the roast gets four points. Four points. So if you're doing things well, you have seven points by this by this point. Correct. And if you're not, then you have zero. Yeah. But you might be three and four and four and three, depending on luck. And this is then repeated four times with four with three more members of each competing troop. Um, so uh, each troop also has what they call a coach. coach. Yeah. And Luis Augusto participated actually as part of a troop, which is called uh, Sexto A. Sexto A, yeah. Uh, like sixth grade. And I'm the coach for uh, the a troupe called uh, Comedia de Bolsillo, like pocket comedy, because they are short, all of them. Clever. Clever. Yeah. And I actually couldn't be there for their show, so I sent a... I, sent a, I know. A... It's stand-in. Stand-in. A stand-up stand-in. Um, a stand-up stand-in. And I, we didn't tell anyone, so they had all the jokes written for me, and I wasn't there, but then I heard them because I saw the Facebook uh, live. Uh, and they won. They won. They did pretty well. Pretty good, actually. They went... I think they only lost one roast. Yeah. yeah they only lost one roast. And then at the end of the show, there is an audience participation... There's an audience uh, participation... Uh, like, they can get the points. Bonus, yeah. Because people can vote through social media. Uh, through Facebook. Uh, through the Facebook Live. And the Facebook Live vote is worth eight points, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, so it can be a game changer to have enough people uh, watching the show to vote uh, for uh, you. So, um, how was the competition for you? How did you feel? Did you like it? Well, I did. I did. The competition itself, it was, it was, yeah, it was good. We prepared. We didn't prepare as much as I, I should have liked, but then again, I'm usually the apprehensive kind of person who's like, we haven't written enough. Um, we were going against... How did you prepare? Like, did you run through your uh, stand-up uh, sets and also write No, roast? we mostly prepared for the roasts. Like, okay. we, didn't, we didn't really... Um, Who was your coach? Uh, El Cojo Feliz. Okay. We mostly just prepared roast jokes because okay. we were confident enough in our comedies that we didn't really have to, like, just figure out what we were going to put in there. And uh, we didn't work as much on it as I should have liked, but we, it was okay. And the, the competition, you know, we, we were winning. It was a very solid, like, we were doing okay. We lost, we, we won every stand-up uh, match, and then we lost two roasts. Um, and I think we lost them fair and square. I think it was completely fair that we lost them. Um, and then the audience participation went to the other team. 52% against 48%. Um which that's when I was like, you know, we still won, but... What was the final it, score? That's the thing. It was 20 to 16. So if it had, if we had lost a single roast more, we would have tied because of the audience participation. And the thing is, 
the guys who we were going against, they have, you know, their teacher, he has a lot of pull. Um, he has a lot of followers. He kind of has a cult thing going on. He's kind of like the, the Charles Manson of the stand-up scene. Um, and he calls, you know, he summons a lot of people uh, for them to uh, vote through the Facebook Live. And also, and this is this is known, this is not a secret. I'm not like... This a, isn't par- this I'm isn't not like- a paranoid guy with a tinfoil hat. This is known... They bring people and they specific to the to the uh, show and they specifically instruct them to not laugh when the opposing team is there to fuck with them. Yeah, basically, which is something we never did. We like I would I mean, never like, dream. Like, why would you do that? Like this is this is not trusting your own team. I mean, yeah, of to course win. to win. Yeah, but like this is. I mean, as much as you can have a dirty play in a stand-up comedy uh, competition. This is like, uh, I mean, why are you, why would you be doing that? Like, why aren't you trusting your people to do a good job? Because we're better than them. I mean, and, 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 and we've talked about the competition before and I've told you, like, your team was one of the ones that were people were most intimidated by. Yes. Like, people saw your team and, and they were like, ooh, I'm glad I'm either, either they were, I'm glad I'm not going against them or they were going, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Yes. So, um, my team also won, which I'm really proud of them. Yeah, you should be. They won. You should uh, be. It was a good win. Solid. I don't, I don't, I don't remember how much they won. It was, it, it was a massacre as far as I it, they, they only, they only lost four points from, yes. from one roast. Yes. That, that was it. And I saw the, the video and it did really well, but actually I, I think some of the coaches, like when they told me you're going to be our coach, like I took it really seriously. I'm like, I need to, like, we're going to go through your, like we're going to throw through your sets. So like they went to a show at the, at the beer bank, which is my Wednesday show. And they like, all of them were there. And I went through there and I told them like, you should do this. You should do that. Blah, blah, blah. And then we like, we started like, they were not good roasts. They're better roasts now. But like at first, like a lot of people, when they start, they think roasts is just like telling people you're fat and you're ugly and I hate you and your mom. Blah, blah, oh blah, my blah. god, there was there were so many Yamama jokes. Yeah, I know. The thing is, I was very disappointed by the quality of the roast. Yeah. I like a good roast, you know, some potatoes, some carrots, you know. I thought just... you were gonna go full Hannah Gatsby and that's right there. <laughs> my favorite sound in the whole world is the sound of a pot roast finding its place on the stove counter. <laughs> no, but um the thing is uh the quality of the roast, like, we were, we, we really got, you know, I, when I started writing my roast, I said, okay, I just have to study. This is like school. I'm, I just went into student mode. Yeah. So I started looking at roast competitions that, you know, that go online. And I was like, okay, what's my roasting style? Because yeah. there's several, some of them are really aggressive and really good at that. Yeah. But there's a balance to be struck. And I decided my roasting style had to be very kind of like Jimmy Carr, kind Ooh. of like just... Tilting my and head, and it's roast, and it's 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 quite there. Tilting my head a little bit, and a kind of passive aggressive, like I don't really want to say this, but you're like this, and yeah. I don't really want to say this, but you're like this. And I mean, you've heard at least tw- like if you've heard all of the Mexicans, you've heard at least twenty two yeah. <laughs> from Luis Augusto. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I something you taught me, and you didn't really teach me this like uh, consciously, but. Uh, the idea that a roast, there has to be some slight bit of love yeah. in there. There has to be a bit of, it can't be just full on aggression. There has to be a playfulness about the thing. And uh, when I was writing my roast, and 
I'm going to say this, when it was my turn to roast someone, first of all, this is a guy I really like. He's he's very new. Who did you go against? I went against Eric Meneses. Okay, right. And I like him. We get along really well, and that helped me a lot. Because if I'd gone against someone I don't really know, I don't know how it would have turned out. But they, I don't know why they sent him against me, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest, there was no chance. Um, But who else could, it, could they have sent? Oh. Was there someone else they could have sent? I thought, I was really sure they were going to send Aura against me. She, oh, okay. she was, she was the strongest one. But, but she was the strongest one and it's a lot, um, it's a lot easier to insult a gay guy when you're a woman. I, I, This I, is I'm, true. I'm going to go against that because I think it's, it's, it's not easier. I think that It's just that, you know, straight people call each other gay, have the time for roasts. So it's not that it's, it's, it's just that they come against a gay guy and it wasn't like, oh, you like it up the ass. It's like, yes, wonderful. You figured it out. Like, uh, it's not harder. It's just. It's no, the thing is, the thing is the audience, like, where's the audience going to stand? If a man, a straight man. Yes. Calls a woman a whore. Or tells a woman you dress like a whore. It's going to read as... It should read, by the way, as just run-of-the-mill yeah. misogyny. Yeah, but you. we're in Mexico. and we're, Not even in Mexico. We, there's a lot of... Most of the audience here is going to live for that calling yes, her a whore. Yes, but the truth is that if a, you know, if a guy... If a gay guy does the same thing, just instead of approaching it from the misogynistic side, goes from the, oh, honey, that dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, honey, that wig. Well, yeah, oh, because I mean, because in the end, like uh, a, a lot of the things from uh, from gay gay guys calling even other gay guys or women whores is that I'm not even. It's like you're even bad at being. You're like you. It's sometimes it's like you want to be a whore and you're not doing things correctly, honey. Like I mean, not that gay guy misogyny is not a thing. That it's definitely a thing, but, but the audience, you know, is like gonna, the I don't, is going to be more receptive. I do not buy that at all. I, I Especially because, like, audiences here in Mexico are, like, so homophobic. So, like, I mean, not super homophobic, but I don't think that... I mean, because I've seen people call women whores, not even as a roast, just as part of their stand-up comedy material, and people rolling on the floor laughing. So I don't... I, I call bullshit now. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway... Um, You, when we were talking about roasts. The quality. The quality of the roasts. Yeah. Um, cause I was saying, like, what I, what I needed to do with my team was, like, getting them off of this idea that roasting people was getting on stage and insulting them. Like, is yes, it is that. But you're a comedian. Anyone can it call has to be anybody funny. else yeah. a whore, an idiot, you know, whatever. You're short, you're fat, you're tall, whatever. You're a comedian. You need to make it funny. Otherwise, What are you doing? What are we doing here? So, like, also, like, you you went into student mode, which is something I'm not at all surprised by, because I know you. And that's what I did with them. Like, I told them, like, just look at a lot of roast and, like, write down the jokes that you like, that you think are good. And, like, ask yourself, why does this joke work? You know? Like, uh... And if you really, 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 really like a joke, then... More than likely, it's like a, it's like style that you resonate with. So, like, see also how the person is delivering the joke because it's not about the text. Like, I've been having a lot of uh, conversation with people, like the text, the text. And I'm like, yes, of course, in stand-up comedy, the text is important because you know it's 
language and its words and its jokes and whatever. But it's also about how you deliver the text. Uh, I've been listening, actually, to listen to this podcast called Good Ones, or Good One, I forget exactly, uh, which is, I forget the name of the guy, but he is interviewing uh, comedians about one of their jokes, about just one of their jokes, like one of their uh, bits. And it's great how he asked, like, how did you get to this, like, to this specific wording? How do you get to this specific turn of the phrase? Like, how did it start here? Did you start at the punchline? Did you start at the beginning? Did you start, like, at the... Uh, did you have an idea that kind of went in the middle and then you kind of, like, explored it? Um, and that was kind of, like, what I did with my team. I went, like, do you... And, but then I noticed that a lot of other coaches, they did not... Care. Like, the day the, the day of my team, my team went, like, I was feeling awful because I had a show... As I said, I had a show in Puerto Vallarta. And so I wasn't going to be able to either be in the show or watch the show through Facebook... And so I was feeling really bad about it, even though I sent a stand-in. Uh, Wonderful stand-in. Jay Adarif, who also, like, she got in, like, she started, like, I told her, like, a week before, and she actually took the time to meet with them and, like, uh, talk with them. And it was really good, actually, because, like, at one point, they were all going, like, oh, we need to win, and blah, 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 blah. And Jay just kind of stopped them and was like, well, you know, this is also, like... This is supposed to be fun for you, too. It's not just about going there, guns blazing, and hating the person in front of you. This is also about you having fun on stage. because it has, to be, it has to be enjoyable for everyone. Exactly. Because otherwise the audience is just going to see you going like, rawr, you know, like... So, um, so she also, like, really, really, really uh, committed to the part of helping uh, my team, well, our team now, because she's part of the family now. Uh, she, to, like you know, help them improve. So I sent the stand-in, and then uh, the coach for the other team just did not go at all. Like, there was no one sitting in their coach's seat. And I was like, when I saw it, I'm like, that is not nice at all. Because there were several coaches that could not go for X or Y reason, and they all sent, like, someone else. So, you know, like, you know, like, um, what, like, I think... El Cojo couldn't go two years ago, so Mau Nieto. He sent him Mau Nieto, yeah. Um, and I, and I, just, I just felt really bad for their team that didn't have their coach. Well, it feels bad. But it you know bad. what? We'll just have to see what happens, because we're now going up against the, <laughs> the, the serious ones. Actually, the thing, the thing with the league is that we have, like, like the, this first part was with all of the newer uh, troops. I don't know if there was, like, a time limit of how much uh, time you could have been It's doing. just the famous ones. The okay. famous ones versus the non-famous okay. ones. Yeah. So, but like the famous ones have been doing stand-up for a long, a long while longer, and some of them, like, some of them for like twice, like like if you get like a new troop and you add all of the time oh, the, yeah. the members have been doing stand-up, you have no, you will have less time than the amount like of time. One of the yeah yeah, uh, and actually Adriana Chavez uh, told me, and I and I thought it was an interesting idea that inst- that she wanted what she had expected and what she wanted. Uh, was more of a thing where like all like all of the troops would have mixed from the beginning, so that would give like a, like at first it would have been some matches that were would have been like even way more bloodthirsty than the ones that we've seen. Definitely, uh, because it, we have had uh, troops gone gone with zero points, zero points. Um, but then you would then also some of them have been just depressing. The last one was the, just fucking yeah, sad. and that was and, and I'm sad because that was a, that was the one Adriana Chavez was hosting. It was just 
awful. Yeah. I don't know what she did to them or at them or with them. She tried. My it God, was just she tried. Dreadful. Nothing was going on. Like mm-hmm. the first, the opening one, the opening one, which were the two captains, was. Nothing. There was nothing in there. Yeah, because both of them. I would have gone full RuPaul and I would have said, you're both out. Yeah. You both, you both get zero. Yeah. You both get zero. And like bring one of the other teams that actually had like one of the, one with, yeah, no. Or or let's keep this going and maybe you'll tie at zero. Seriously. It was just terrible. The thing is then like one of the teams had Anna. Yeah. Anna is one of the new comedians. He, He started about a year after I did. Yeah. Um, he is kind of known as the master of the one-liner. He's got an uh, the most yeah. deadpan delivery you can possibly imagine. Yeah, I mean, Anna, Anna, Anna's one of those one of those comedians that uh, finds a very comfortable spot in his comedy very early on. Yes. So he knows the kind of comedy he wants to do. Yeah, he'll have none of other like when people yeah. go to him as like Anna, you should talk more about your personal life. He's yeah. like, fuck you, I'm fine. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and it's working for him, and that and I admire that. I admire someone who like yeah. he's happy with the way he does. No, things. of course, because it's because it's working, yeah. and and I mean, if it's not broken, why fix it? Uh, my main complaint with Anna, it's not even him; it's uh, the audience, and which which happens with a lot of comedians, in which like a comedian says rape, and then like all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of twelve year olds on the audience going like, we need to laugh about this because he said rape. <laughs> uh, and I, well, he has some really great jokes, and there's some others that I feel that are completely like predictable. Yes, it's like, but the thing is, it's all it all works to, together to, as to, to the point where where his first time on stage, I could actually predict most of his punchlines because it's like, and then you fuck your cousin. Well, but then she was, was dead. new though. But then she was dead. Yeah, but still. The thing it's is, it's up. working. It's working for him because he's he's like kind of this doing. Who's this really old? I mean, I'm not comparing to him because this guy was a Mitch master. Huh? Mitch. No, it's this guy. He's a really old guy now. He looks like a pug. And he's really, he's kind of like of Milton Berle's generation. We're talking of this kind of person. And he's still alive? Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, I'll think of the name. But he, he's American. And uh, he became famous because he had this really deadpan delivery and he would just say the most awful, shocking things. And people would love that. And, you know, Anna has this thing going on where he's like this really pudgy, kind of very, very, he's like, if you draw an incel, that's him. And oh my god, he's this close. He is. An, I've, I've warned him about him because I've heard him use incel lingo a couple of times. Yes. And I'm like, don't you fucking, like, just no. I'm going to save you from that. I will save one of you. I will save one of you from that shit. We should talk about incels once. We should. But, um, and, but the thing is, because he's already lost so much here in Mexico because he's got nothing going for him. You see him go on stage and the guy has nothing going for him. He's like the anti-man the anti-Mexican man. He is not masculine. He is not handsome at all. He is not, he doesn't have a very strong stage presence. And then he starts saying these things that are really shocking. Yeah. And people like the dichotomy. He, yeah. He has found a gimmick that works for him. Will it keep on working for him? Time will tell. Will our gimmicks yeah. keep working for us? Time will tell. I mean, what, who knows what's going to happen. But in the end, yeah. he was the only comedian that night that I saw doing a job. He went out there. He did his That's job. That's the other thing. The like, audience laughed. The thing, the thing with Adriana's team, uh, Nosotros Las Doñas, uh, they were... 
the thing with a lot of the newer teams actually is that when and some members of the newer teams it's just that you see them going on stage to do stand up and you're like you're this isn't your this isn't your best five because you, you don't have a best five and it sounds like awful for me to say but it's like you don't have five minutes of good comedy yet like not even good comedy of comedy that works Yes. Uh, so, and, and you keep on insisting that it works because one time someone laughed awkwardly when you finish your joke. <laughs> um, and that's when, that's, that's why I'm like, so yeah, the last, but here's the, thing, the last show. Uh, here's the thing. Also, the first, and the, the, like the first, first show was also like a, it was terrible. A, to, a total massacre. Terrible. Like if. They had an excuse because they were genuinely new. Here's the thing. Nosotros las doñas, most of them have been doing stand up more than I have. <laughs> wow. Yes. I did not know that. It's the truth. La Cova, she was in there in First Guerra de Escuelas. Wow. And she started a bit earlier than I did. Wow. And Cristian Cabrera has so, been doing uh, So, just to finish me. here then. Yeah. Um, so, having been on stand-up comedy competitions... Yes. What would be your suggestion to people going into a stand-up comedy competition? Ignore the megalomania of certain people. Okay. Try to have some fun. Get some friends. Okay. Like, yes. make friends during the competition. Because, honestly, I mean, it's just... Um, you're, not prob you're probably not going to win. And yeah. it may not even have anything to do with your comedy, although sometimes it definitely does. But um, it's a competition, but it's, it, you know... Um, I'm going to quote Neil Gaiman and say, It's a crooked game, but it's the only game in town. <laughs> okay. Know that the game is crooked. Don't go in there expecting justice. Don't go in there expecting fairness. It's not supposed to be fair. This isn't, you know, the fucking, like, just... I like I like that my roast at the beginning was... It's an injustice. It's an outrage. It's not. Anyway. Uh, anyway. No, no, like, for me, uh, and I, like, one of the reasons why I haven't been in a lot of comedy competitions is that... A, like, usually when these things happen, I'm out of the, I'm out of the country. Um, so, like, now there's, like, this thing to win a spot in the, in a stand-up comedy festival. Yes. And I'm not going to be, and I'm not going to be here for most of September, so, like, I can't even. But you no longer have anything to prove. That's the thing. I mean, Cont yeah. Contests I, I, are a thing no, where people but the prove moment, things. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like I have anything to prove, but also, like, I also haven't been particularly, like, super interested in going into stand-up comedy competition, like, in general. But, like, the one thing I will say about the people that I've seen win uh, stand-up comedy competitions is uh, that they they really, truly go on stage not thinking, I'm going to win this, but I am going to make these people fall over their seats laughing. You yeah. know, they, that's what... That was one of the main things that um, I talked about uh, my, my my team when they went on, like, there. It's like, for the five minutes, you aren't just thinking, I need to have more laughs. Like, in, in fact, I need to have more laughs than the other guy. shouldn't even cross your mind. Yeah. What you're thinking is, I need to get as many laughs at, as possible. I need to get I this audience... I need to audience. do some good comedy. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you're just wondering how, how good or bad the other comedian's doing, then, like... It's one of two. Either he does really good, and now you now you're like nervous because you're not thinking my stuff is good. You're thinking yeah. isn't as good, is it as or the good? other person doesn't do as good, and then you relax and you're like, oh well, I don't have to be that good because the other one. And then you go on stage, and you know maybe you will do good, or maybe you will just fuck it up. Yes, in the words of Mama Ru. 
Okay. That so. was that was a good I think we should end on that note. Yes. Because that was good. So, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for stopping by. Yes, remember you can follow us on social media, uh, Twitter and Facebook, Mexicans Pod, and we're on Patreon in case you wanna throw uh, us a buck. Throw us a buck. Martin and can be found at. I can be found at Martin Leon Stand Up on Facebook and Mintonarel. We've been through this, people. Mintonarel. It's the way it sounds. Mintonarel and. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram and you are you can find me at Mr. Drama on everything thank you very much for listening and have a nice week goodbye bye what are you still doing here go away why are you even like why is like have, have you no better place to be like oh my honestly. god